You're listening to the Frat Chat Podcast, now available on Amazon Music. Football is back, baby! And we're back to see my home sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West's. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. So join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code FRATCHAT. Do it. And now we're recording. Like right now. Okay, good. Just right now. Good, good, good. I'm ready. Recording. I'm awake. I'm not hungover. I mean, I drank Yay. last night. I'm not a fucking loser, but I'm not hungover. I work hard, and then afterwards I want to celebrate, and I realize, shit. I worked so hard. I barely got lunch. I didn't get dinner, and now I'm trashed. But uh, it's one thing we've learned here on this podcast is that Simo works hard and plays hard with himself. Yeah, and I never barf. I I'm just like a booze deposit. Just dump it in. It stays. Yeah, that's what Mario says. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do this <laughs> in uh, three, two, one. What are you doing? Testies in my mouth. Get on the ground, you fucking pledge. Ew. Welcome to the greatest podcast experience of your life. This is the Frat Chat Podcast. All young men like three things. Dude. Dude. Featuring Carlos Garcia and Chris... Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the greatest podcast in the history of podcasting time. It's the Frat Chat Podcast. I'm Carlos Garcia with Chris Timo Moore. How's it going, Mr. Mo? Hey, yo. I am back and better than ever. No longer hungover. I feel like I feel like Snow White singing to, you know, the rodents in New York. <laughs> You feel like Snow White when that dude kisses her when she's asleep and it's somehow cool. Yeah, she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bad. You know what? So chill out, Brock Turner. Snow White had a kiss, who? And then so did Sleeping Beauty. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, how many young women can we, you know, uh, um, uh, offend while they're sleeping? It's just, yeah. I mean, think about it. Disney probably wasn't a really nice person. Had a little thing for young girls. And uh, and the Jews. He kind of didn't like them. I heard that. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Mickey Mouse was anti-Semitic. Back off, Jew! (laughs) Speaking of which, um, well, Kanye is now just yay. And he was dropped by Adidas. And maybe I'm wrong, but when I was growing up, well, not necessarily grown up, but when I was modeling, there's a few brands I just refused to work with because um, they uh, had ties and like, you know, Nazi involvement, or maybe it's like Brooks Brothers who like got their start profiting off of the slave trade. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies I think that have really um, dark roots, and I refused right. to work with them. And Adidas <clears throat> was one of them because I think that Adidas. Um, had some involvement. Let me look it up. I think they had some involvement with the really? Nazi party at the very beginning. 
Wow. That's why that's why Hitler could slam dunk that basketball. <laughs> well, I think that when the original like like founders of Adidas uh is is named Adolf. Maybe it was a popular name back in the day. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, it was a very popular name until Hitler. It was a, it was a, I mean in Spanish it's Adolfo, which people still use cuz you don't call Hitler Adolfo, you know. <laughs> but oh boy. BMW did too. That's why if you watch a Indiana Jones movie, it looks like a BMW ad with all the Nazis riding them. The okay, so I got this. Shit. The company okay, was founded by Adolf Dassler. Uh, and I think there was another brother. I think they were like the Dassler brothers, but they joined the Nazi party in May. <laughs> does that sound so gay? <laughs> they sound like gay porn stars. <laughs> the Dassler brothers. Look at them twirl their cocks. Oh, wow. It's Adolf Hans. <laughs> so, so, I don't know what this means, but it says, um, furthermore, the, the one brother named Adolf took the rank of Sportwart in the Hitler Youth from 1935 mm. until the end of the war. Um, Hitler loved his sports, man. He was he was there at the Olympics tweaking out. Just like <laughs> on speed because it would fucking inject him at speed and stuff. And yeah, he was... Uh, that was one that... that I, wouldn't work with um and then also um i mean chanel didn't really want i think have any use for me but but uh i was chanel like i don't want would any... answer phone calls I, i'm they not had. interested in ever working with chanel because because chanel was a nazi and she did some really horrible things back in her heyday uh hugo boss is another one but again they showed no interest <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, Chanel, don't even bother calling me because I'm not going to answer it, just so you know. <laughs> Ball's in my court, bitch. like, oh, don't worry. I won't. I have no plans. <laughs> but don't you do it. No, that's okay. I don't even have your number. <laughs> I I read somewhere that, that Ye, it's weird. I'm just going to keep calling him Kanye. I read somewhere that Kanye... Yeah went into its Skechers headquarters, was like, hey, guys. And they were yeah. like, no, get out. He had like a you film can't. crew with him, too. Like, what the fuck? Yikes. <laughs> what is he doing? Like, yeah, he's just, dude, he needs, someone needs to give him his meds. Like, if someone like, really is, like, that far gone, when is it a, when is it appropriate to just lock them up against their will in a, in a nut house? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> when, when can he do that? Doesn't he fit know. the criteria? Can we well, just the like, thing is, like throw him in the back of a white van and like take him to a treatment center? <laughs> and now he's separated from Kim, so I don't even think that she has a legal authority to do anything. So I mean, Yikes. he's on his own. He's, but it's it's fucked. You know what I mean? Like you saw, Britney just got her freedom after 13 years, and this asshole's out there. But the thing is, and I don't want to get like political about this, but you have big news corporations news media legitimizing kanye's rants by giving him you know time on their shows you know it's like no this man is insane like this man is not well he needs to take his meds someone hold him down and fucking take he he himself has said that he doesn't take his meds things get crazy and holy shit like what this is as crazy as it's ever been kanye like what i blame the illuminati Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's their fault. <laughs> no, don't do us. that. <laughs> yeah. Yo, chat, uh, tell us Mario not to go outside for a few weeks. Uh, 
I know, it's just scary. Sign. Today's episode is brought to you by True Classic. Guys, let's talk about t-shirts. Finding that perfect fitting shirt can be terrible. I swear the thing is either way too tight, has a case of bacon neck, or just plain big and boxy. But luckily, True Classic wants to make every man look good and feel good. Because you got to look good and feel good, you know? It's not, it's not one or the other. You got to do both. So... They give you a tighter fit in the chest and sleeves to make your arms pop and leave you with some room in the torso to keep things nice and cozy. Plus, all their styles are super soft and pocket friendly. So guys, no more excuses. Get rid of those ratty t-shirts I know you've been hanging on to for years and get ready to upgrade. Because we have an exclusive deal for our listeners. We want to hook you up with some true classic. For a limited time, only get 25% off with the promo code FRATCHAT at trueclassic.com. Use it. I want to make a um, coffee table book. It's going to be called Hoochies and Coochies. <laughs> and it's going to be a bunch of skanks and their pet kitties. It's a scratch and sniff. <laughs> scratch and sniff. A pop-up book. How about that? You open it up and there's just a bush. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> somehow grows like what <laughs> yum <laughs> oh lord anyways uh i have a crazy ass story that i just had to tell you because i think we i feel like yeah we did an episode i feel like it's been like a year a few months since we did that episode but it was about our fears our biggest fears and snakes were on both of our lists so uh this happened in indonesia where Ooh, don't go to indonesia yeah, fuck this. The body of a missing woman was found inside of a 23-foot python over there. And this was reported on People. Uh, it just happened on the 26th of, Octo- uh, of October. Easy for me to say. And the victim, who was just identified as Jara, a woman in her 50s, apparently disappeared on Sunday after leaving work, after leaving to work at a rubber plantation according to reports by BC News and The Guardian. The woman's husband reporting her missing that evening after she didn't come home from work, and he couldn't find her. Uh, he did, however, find her sandals, a headscarf, a jacket, and some work tools near the plantation. Now, the police chief told the news media outlets uh, that the python was located, located and killed near the plantation the following morning. And after they caught the python, they found the victim's body inside the snake's stomach. And the thing, like I said, was over 20 feet, like about 23 feet long. And the body was like mostly intact inside the snake's belly, uh, leading officials to believe that she was hunted as prey. And then, you know, pythons used in constriction to wrap their bodies mm-hmm. around. Hell the <laughs> fuck no. Let me tell you where Literally, I'm never going like, to go. Anaconda. Yeah, fuck bad. That might seem the most. That might be the most horrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's awful. That is awful way to go. I feel like she like drops something in the snake, like you know, and it's like, Ugh. and snakes are so gross too. So the whole time you're like, ew, 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 as you're getting crushed, like, and you can't breathe, and this thing just swallowed her whole. I've seen anaconda. That didn't look fun. And apparently this happens. Like in 2018, another woman was found in the stomach of a giant python on the island of Muna. After she went missing in her own Where's garden. Where's that? Is that Hawaii? Muna. Muna. Like it's also near uh, 
band, <laughs> a pop band. <laughs> uh, it's a queer person. Moon Where is Muna? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what the fuck? Everything keeps leading me to uh, this gay band. <laughs> and I'm not bad. I can't they suck. They're, they're literally a gay band. A Southeast Sulawesi province of Indonesia. Oh, there you go. So it's Indonesia. So this is a common thing in Indonesia. And the year before, uh, a farmer reportedly was also found dead the same way in another village not too far. So You ever seen the movie um, Tremors with Kevin Bacon? With, yeah. That thing is classic. And everyone's like, that would never happen. Yes, it does. In Indonesia. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tremors. It's based on a true story. Kevin Ooh. Bacon's first trip. Because they were swallow whole. Yeah. Hell the fuck I mean, no. You know what? We have, I have a patient at my job. You know, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. But she's got those, like, crutches that she holds on with either both hands. And it goes up to, like, her, her elbow. Before you keep going with the story, I just want to let the listeners know that I know this is heading in a very offensive route, and I have no part in this. <laughs> I was not there. I don't know what he's going to say, you guys. <laughs> don't cancel me. Go on. <laughs> well, she's a, she she has um, um, crutches that strap up to her elbows, you know? Okay. And walking is, uh, is a little difficult for her. Okay. And uh, she mentioned that she is a s- student at some college in the South, and she was talking about alligators and that they've been alligators on campus. And I thought, why hasn't, why haven't her loved ones tell her, bitch, you can't outrun an alligator. Why do you want to go there? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the last place. If I, if walking is a struggle for me and there are alligators running rampant on campus, then I would hope that someone would be like, Chris, that might not be a good idea because you're going to get eaten alive, boo boo. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Her parents scary. don't love her. Okay. That's scary. Oh, God. <laughs> Who, who's the idiot of the week besides Little Miss? Let's go, let's go, um, skipping along with the alligators and, and Little Miss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through the field with those pythons. Again, I had no part in that story, you guys. Cancel him at Chris <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our idiot of the week, you guys. This is, it's a fun story, but it's a stupid story. And if you just see this kid's picture he you just know that he's some type of dumbass uh so this happened in cyprus texas where a teenager and note i got this from abc13.com uh the local uh west texas affiliate so thank you abc13.com uh so cyprus texas a teenager is on the run after literally leaving a paper trail at a robbery he committed uh his name is daniel james Fertensfeld, Fertens, first Tenfeld. How the fuck? Yeah, I'm gonna put that. Is he German? It sounds super German. Like that is the most German. Here, I put it in the thing. Firstenfeld. I don't know how the fuck. Probably wears Adidas. <laughs> that's a callback you guys write it down write it down so daniel james first Finfeld, 18 allegedly stole two thousand dollars from a home during a robbery earlier this month in northwest harris county now 
Apparently, the deputies, the police deputies in the area say that a resident called 911 after he spotted someone wearing a ski mask in his home at 10 p.m. on October 14th. Uh, then the intruder ran out of the house and the homeowner started chasing him. During the chase, the, the kids turned over towards the resident and pulled out what appeared to be a gun at him. At that point, the homeowner gave up the chase and went home. Again, the deputies say that the intruder took $2,000 in cash and other items in the house. But when deputies arrived, they literally found a traffic ticket and a cell phone near the spot where the suspect had pulled out the gun during the chase and his fucking name was on the ticket. Uh, literally, witnesses also identified him. So literally, like, he just got caught red-handed. He was charged with aggravated robbery. Kids, if you're going to steal, do it right. What a fucking idiot. Yes, like, if you're going to steal, do it right. Why would you bring a traffic ticket with you? People are dumb. What? I blame public schools. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they teach you all this useless shit and not how to rob correctly. Don't you know? bring any form of ID if you're going to commit a crime. You fucking idiot. Like, that is stupid. Finding the right grooming routine is a lot like practicing drills in football, Mr. Mo. You can't win a Super Bowl without practicing. And you can't have Super Balls without a good grooming routine. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscaped Pocket Rockets, the Platinum Package. At QB, we got the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary advanced skin safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes that protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. Add running back, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer built to bust through all the right holes. A hairless nostril just helps it keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. At wide out, the cleanest duo in the league, the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. With their rugged scents, they attract both the ball and all the babes in the crowd. Plus, these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated. That means more plays on the field and less water breaks. And a tight end. The product that makes your end look tight. Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs. A dedicated jewel pouch to increase ball handling and a cool, steady vibe thanks to their moisture-waking fabric. On defense, there's only one thing you'll need. The aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. With refined cologne-quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear so the opponent won't even know what hit him. And Simo knows a thing or two about D, so he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and to top it all off, we throw in the best coach in the league, the Shed Travel Bag, as a free bonus. Built to hold the team together, this travel-sized bag has a fumbled-resistant zipper. This has got to be a Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code FRATCHAT. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code FRATCHAT. Manscaped, for turning your player into an MVP. Well, Mr. Furstenfeld, 
Um, if you are listening, and I'm sure you are, you're a dumb fuck, and this week's Idiot of the Week. Well played, young man. Congratulations. Blonde, spiky hair. He definitely looks like the type of kid I would say, do you know who my father is? <laughs> really? <laughs> he looks like it. Click the link. You can see his picture. Do you know who my dad Daniel is? Yeah, James. I know who he is. I know him quite intimately, actually. Yeah, I fucked him last night. Whoa! Wait, what? <laughs> He's definitely on drugs. It's gotta yeah. be. He looks like a little bitch, though. Like, he looks like he tries to be hard by like doing these little crimes, but he's like soft on the inside. <laughs> he, he, lo- he, looks he looks like, like he cried, Joe. <laughs> he looks like a healthier version of... Who's who? Who's Nick Carter's brother? Aaron Carter. Yes, yeah, dude. He looks I was like just a healthier version. Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter doesn't look good these days. I think no, Aaron Carter no. has OnlyFans and does things with um everybody. Yeah, Aaron. I feel bad for Aaron. What Carter a what a fall from grace, right? Man, drugs really took a toll on the poor guy. I feel really bad. So, you guys. Whew. Yeah, Aaron, you're in our prayers. Psych. You suck, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I do feel bad for him. But I don't feel bad for Daniel James Furstenfeld. Stack up, kid. Learn to steal better. Don't be a dumbass. Like, what the fuck was this? I hope this was a cry for attention. Because if it wasn't, it was really stupid. So, suck it. Anywho. Uh, what's what's on the agenda for today? I was Mr. Mo. This week is a good week. Because it seems that people are finally recognizing the Frat Chat podcast as the leading leaders, <laughs> I guess I should say, in all of pop culture and entertainment. They love, they love our we little are the leading bracket. leaders of leadership, guys. Yeah, the leading leaders Damn of leadership, right. <laughs> the triple L's, <laughs> uh, aka la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've given you such things as the best damn uh, horror movies of all time. We've given you uh, 90s related brackets. But it's time to move the nostalgia factor just a little bit forward. Because now we're getting to the point where, man, the 2000s is kind of a long time ago, Mr. Mo. That's what we're going to talk about, 2000s movies, Mr. Mo. And we're going to do a little tournament here. And we're going to decide what is the best goddamn movie from the 2000s that being from the year 2000 the good old double o to the year 2010 the one zero oh yeah oh, and uh, yeah. we have here we, go. <laughs> we have 32 films here ready to face off in a winner take all tournament to decide what is the best damn movie in the 2000s and the movies are x-men released in 2000 iron man released in 2008 the dark knight also in 2008 gladiator 2000 gladiator. <laughs> rest in peace lady okay uh 300 2006 kill bill from 2003 uh taken from 2008 the born identity 2002 minority report also 2002 v for vendetta 2005 remember the titans 2000 Requiem for a Dream, 2000. Castaway, 2000. Wow, 2000 had a lot of good movies. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 2001. Avatar, 2009. The Departed, 2006. Training Day, 2001. Monster, 2003. Apocalypto, 2006. Inglorious Bastards, 2009. Despicable Me, 2010. Finding Nemo, 2003. 
Up in 2009, Old School 2003, 40-Year-Old Virgin 2005, Pineapple Express 2008, Superbad 2007, The Hangover 2009, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle 2004, uh, Anchorman The Legend of Ron Burgundy 2004, Mean Girls 2004, and Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan 2006. So this racket is fucking stacked, you guys. I uh, yeah. I don't know who's going to win this one. I feel like this is going to be tough. That is. You know, some of these, I'm going to need help with. Do you have any friends on standby? Oh, I always have uh, friends on standby. Well, I guess I don't really have any friends per se, you know, on standby. But I always have Julie, who I can force to. <laughs> Julie... AKA someone contractually <laughs> obligated to, <laughs> yes. Yes. to have a, have an opinion <laughs> for her contract. Every time I need her, I'm like, you want a ring? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I get everything in life. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to get a ring, whether it's from a Cracker Jack box or like a gumball machine or Tiffany's. And how you answer this question will dictate the caliber of your ring, bitch. <laughs> It'll be either $15 or 15000 It's all up mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> no in between. Well, Zmar and I got wedding right. rings from Amazon. Really? Because he didn't uh. answer the right question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But actually, yeah, we, we, we got our rings from, from Amazon. Dude, Amazon has everything these days. It's yeah. literally crazy that everything, you can find everything on there. Amazon warehouses must be massive. <laughs> yeah, they have amazing, they have amazing, like, like working conditions. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's just Bezos one guy my in a hero. <laughs> They just whip him. <laughs> it's like this massive, massive thing. It's just him in a little cart. Like, oh, God, not again. Uh-huh. The ladies may have push-up bras, and guys have these tees. We want to show off our best assets, but we're never given the right fit to do so. Fellas, you're wearing the wrong clothes. You need true classic. Their tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's the perfect fit. The perfect fit? The perfect fit! It's time to highlight your greatest attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. Let's face it, it's tough to find a great fitting tee at a low price these days. It's either too tight in the wrong places or totally not tight enough. It's a struggle. So you have to spend all this money just to get a good fitting tee? It's not cool! But thanks to True Classic Tees, my life is different now, Mr. Mo. They make sure I look good and feel good, too. Plus, they make excellent streetwear and workout tees, too. And they don't break the bank. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for the male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how soft it is. There are plenty of t-shirt brands out there, but these will be the staple shirts in your closet that you want to wear every day. And True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. They're your one-stop shop for all men's essentials. It's super easy and simple to fill out your wardrobe, too. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable, all their gear is top-notch quality at an affordable price. Accentuate those pristine, juicy muscles you work so hard for with their active wear crew necks. 
They are moisture wicking, prevent body odor, and will get you noticed. Plus, they have this dope pack builder on their website where you can custom bundle all their essential products and save even more than the discount we're offering you today. And for any of the big boys out there, they have long body options for the tall guys and XXX. L sizing. When you wear True Classic, you may even start lifting more reps because when you look good, you feel good. The ladies love it, the dads eat it up, and the boys will thank you for it. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code FRATCHAT. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code FRATCHAT. Strengthen your core wardrobe with True Classic today. Okay, so for our first bracket, I'm already overwhelmed. I'm already overwhelmed. This is tough, you guys, because the first one we have X-Men facing off against Iron Man. In 2000, Iron Man in 2008. And this is tough, man, because this is both of the first forays uh, it, from these movies in human form, live action film. This is the X Men's first movie that then literally exploded the superhero genre and led to what we have today. But Iron Man is the movie that literally saved Robert Downey Jr.'s career and made him. <laughs> totally. Into a bankable box office success. And now he's like a multi-gajillionaire again. Correct. Iron Man also uh, influenced a bunch of films too, because you, you got all these other like Marvel movies. It's Marvel, right? That's Marvel. Both so they have a lot of Marvel movies, including like the Avengers. So I, I think that there's kind of a predecessor Absolutely. for all those movies. Iron Man was also the first one done in under Marvel Studios. Uh, before that, the X-Men, the Marvel rights were owned by, you know, movie studios would bid for it, essentially. So Iron Man was the first time that Marvel Studios made their own movies. So it was kind of like a big risk, too. And, and I didn't, no one expected anything out of it. You know what I mean? I went to see it thinking it would suck. And I was like, holy shit, this movie's awesome. So this is Me a tough too. And I think that Gwyneth Paltrow is such a, like a snowflake waste of life, but she, um, she was, she was really good. They had good chemistry in it. Now I will say that we are going to be judging just the, these films by themselves and not the entire right. series as a whole, but we have to, mm-hmm. you, you have to call out the fact that these were so, such successful films that they, they, um, you know, facilitated the, the making of feature films. So I think X-Men had like X-Men 2 and then there's like the Wolverine. So the and Wolverine like Logan, movies. And like the yeah, there's Phoenix a bunch movie, of the X-Men. Deadpool, Apocalypse. There's all, all sorts of movies that came from this. And But same thing with Iron Man. You got, like you said, you had the, all, there was like four Iron Man movies, all the Avengers spinoff stuff. Uh, I mean, shit. Thor Ragnarok, which was everything that was related to that. I mean, they both really had a lot of spin-offs into it kind of a thing or, you know, expanded universes type thing. It's tough. And I mean, X-Men, Hugh Jackman is going to go and be Wolverine one last time right now with the latest Deadpool movie. So oh, really? he's still kicking. Yep. Bringing him back. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Time, brother. What a handsome fuck. Yeah, he's so I know what building down. he lives in. Ooh, I know what building <laughs> oh, he lives <God>. in. <laughs> <laughs> not creepy, not creepy at all. Not creepy at all, but you, Simo's always watching you. Oh, <laughs> you, I can think you're so wonderful. 
I've I actually I, I've never walked past the building. I just know because one of my friends is a, uh, is a server. He just stands with binoculars. <laughs> I'm always just looking from across the street. From the park, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. With, Harder with to one track. hand on my binoculars, the other hand on my nasties. Um, <laughs> and by nasties, I mean a thumb firmly inserted into my butthole. Yes. Uh, okay, so um, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I can pick because I because I think that the the the, the younger Chris uh, was so excited when X Men came out because I uh, I didn't I didn't really read anything. I had comic books, but I didn't really read them to be honest. Just kind of oh, flip through the, the pages. But book. the cartoons were like a big part of my childhood. Iron Man I wasn't really familiar with until the movie came out. But I have to say that it's a phenomenal movie, uh, and uh, I I think it's a great cast. So, ooh, if if I had to pick one, I would say that I think that I think that X Men, for me personally, had more of an impact. This is tough because here's the thing. I think, and I was pumped for X Men, and I read the X Men comics. I I read, I watched the cartoon, had the action figures, but if I were to watch the original X Men movie, and Iron Man back. Which one do I think is a better movie? That's the question. And sometimes I do think it's Iron Man because it's it's a funnier movie, but it's not, it's not supposed to be comedy, you know. But um, and note, Iron Man had eight years to get it right, but X Men didn't. I mean, fuck. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna go X Men. I do remember being like, this is fucking awesome. Hugh Jackman's portrayal as Wolverine was really good. The saber tooth fights in there were amazing. It was so like such a cool way to bring them into the saber tooth is played by Leif Schreiber, who I've met in real life and is not very nice. I don't think not in this one, though. In this one, it's some other guy. Oh, it is. Uh, Yes. Saber tooth. Leif Schreiber plays saber tooth in the Wolverine movie later on. Oh, but in X-Men 1, Sabretooth is like blonde, which is more like the cartoon. Uh, but it's not. It's, it's definitely not Luke Schreier. Who is it? Tyler Maine. Tyler Maine. Yep, yep, yep. And fuck, that cast was really stacked. Now that I see it. Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen. They killed it. Yeah, no. I, I guess it has to win. And note that it's just by a little... Because when I when I saw Iron Man, it was like a game changer for me. So we're gonna give it to X Men. Uh, love it. X Men gets it. Okay. Now the next one is equally as difficult. We've got the Dark Knight uh, with um, oh, what was his name? Rest in peace. Oh, with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger oh, making his debut as guy. the Joker. Yeah, this is a tough one. And then Gladiator, and, uh, which. Was Russell Crowe, one of the greatest movies amongst the Oscars. Ever. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And actually, both both were. Uh, Heath Ledger won an Oscar for his portrayal. Posthumously, right? Is that the word? Posthumous. Yeah. Look at look at post hummus. What? Mm, <laughs> Little hummus and pita. Yeah. <laughs> um, I if my my gut tells me Dark Knight just because. I just love that movie and Gladiator was a great movie, but I could watch the dark Knight over and over and over and Gladiator. I saw once and I appreciate it. I think it's great. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, but maybe it's just because uh, maybe if I was a little bit older, I would appreciate Gladiator more. I don't know, but 
but I'm just a big sucker for um, superheroes, I guess. I don't know. Um, What's your thought? Hmm, fuck. I have to say, Gladiator is one of my favorite movies ever. I actually showed both of these movies to Julie a couple of months ago. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, she had never seen them. She kept confusing Russell Crowe with Russell Brand, which was the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, the um, youth. Yeah, uh, I have to say I agree. And again, this one by a hair because, I mean, I love Gladiator. I've seen it a million times. Like I said, it's fucking Russell Crowe is Maximus is amazing. Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus is is creepy, eerie. He's jealous. You hate him. Everything about him is excellent. But fuck, man, when you watch Heath Slater or Heath like Heath Ledger, Heath Slater's a pro wrestler. Uh, Heath Ledger doing that Joker, and he's at the, the party scene, for example, when he's telling the story about how he got his scars, and you know he's very creepy and methodic. Yeah, and it's like you, you hear the music in the background, and he sees about to get close, and why don't you smile you know you should smile more like yeah. fuck it's so good with the nurse's it's, outfit i was like boo yes, oh god he, damn he, like he's able to terrify you he's also very funny in it his mannerisms are quirky it's almost like a terrifying captain jack sparrow in my opinion you know what i mean Tope. it's it's crazy good and it like i mean just thinking back on it, it gives me fucking goosebumps so i don't think I'll be hard pressed to find a movie that can top what watching uh, Heath Ledger's uh, Joker did for me. And like, as an actor, it made me want to get like that type of role. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix did a good job too, but Heath Ledger is always been the best one for me. And also I think to myself, like, okay, uh, when this episode airs, Halloween has already passed. And I feel like, I've seen more Joker costumes than I have gladiator costumes. So I feel like the public appreciates the characters in Dark Knight more than gladiator. Um, Yeah, but also I think gladiator got fucked because you have movies like 300 and shit where it's kind of the same, you know, outfits. And technically, uh, you know, Halloween gets a little chilly sometimes, so it's kind of tough to uh dress for it <laughs> you know what i mean so with the joker you could wear the suit be warmer it's like eh. or a nurse outfit with some mm-hmm. tights mm-hmm. so yeah. we got the dark knight moving on all right i have to say i whoo this has been stressful <laughs> it's stressful the next one's not any easier what do we no, have no, no we have 300 speaking of the devil sparta sparta what is your profession oh 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 fuck that was awesome i actually uh, dressed like that as halloween when i was pledging we were i remember i I didn't get the memo and i came as a box of tissues (laughs) oh god how sad They were like, Chris doesn't have a body for this. I'm like, uh, some of you guys don't either. Thank you. <laughs> totally fair enough. <laughs> uh, but we have 
Now, 300 facing off against 2003's Kill Bill with Uma Thurman. Uh, both great action flicks. Uh, both great epics, actually, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, just move one, your big me... toe. Just move, That's all yep. you got to do. Just move your big toe. Yep. Uh, both stories of vengeance as well. So this was tough, uh, but I, I have to say Kill Bill, originally when I went to watch it, I did not expect much of it. I'm not necessarily like I love fighting movies and things like that, but I was not necessarily into like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon type fighting movies where like mm-hmm. these people jump like 16 feet in the air and then they're like fighting on this like little tree branch that weighs yeah. less than half a pound, but yeah, it's supporting 200 pounds of weight. <laughs> it's like, what? It's, this it's is like not... a more artistic like version of like the Matrix style fighting. Yeah, and note, I love the Matrix because the Matrix at least explains that by it being you're you're in a computer simulation, so you can bend the rules. Versus these movies, uh, it's like it's supposed to be real life. And note, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z guy, and that stuff is a cartoon. But they use like body keys and shit, and they fly, and they can different. They're like alien races and shit. So I like it in that world. But I just feel like it looks kind of flimsy on TV and, and on movies when you try to live action, that kind of shit. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, when I watched Kill Bill, I was like, holy shit. It's a good story. It's got action. It's got a little bit of everything. The fighting's good. The music's really good. Uma Thurman is actually a very convincing badass. Uh, the bad guys are really good. Isn't Lucy uh, Liu in that? Uh, Lucy Yeah. No, it's not Lucy Yes, it is Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu's in that. Uh, yes, and I love her. I have the biggest crush on her. Uh, but fuck, man, 300. Like, when I think back of watching that movie in 2006, uh, 18 year old Carlos Garcia, fresh out of high school, straight into college, I remember being like, This might be the greatest movie I have ever seen. <laughs> the cinematography was fucking awesome. The way they filmed it, the lighting, it was so ahead of its time. The way that it was narrated. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, what is the leading actor's name? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, fuck. Australia. I know I know. his wife is the is Cersei from um, Game of Thrones. Uh, Gerald Butler. Gerald yes. Butler. Uh, was he also yes. in Passion for the Christ? No, that was Jim Caviezel. Oh. <laughs> yes, that was uh, Jim Caviezel. <laughs> but close, you know. <laughs> uh, yes, no, but Gerald Butler was insanely good in that. Uh, it fuck, man. That, I, I don't think you can beat that. The bad guy in it who plays... Uh, uh, Cersei's. He was like super tall and stuff, and he puts his hands Oof, on him. All these killer bods. Whoo! Yeah, yeah. I got. I got to go with three hundred, dude. I think it's a. I think it's a better movie. I'll agree with you. I think three hundred to me cinematically is just a, a huge turning point in like American cinema. That was just such a good freaking movie. Yeah, it was so epic in the way it was done. It was like, there was a man. sequel too, I think, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, it didn't call my name. Just the sequel. The first one was so well made that how do you top that? You know what I mean? I just didn't think like you could. And plus, like, it's one of those movies where you fall in love with that cast too, and like you know the second one is not gonna have it. So 
It's like, eh, not for me. <laughs> not for me. Okay, so 300 is moving on. Uh, up next, ooh, this is a tough one because we have 2008 Taken with Liam Neeson facing off against 2002's Born Identity with Matt Damon. Two movies that really showcase some crazy action. Matt Damon doesn't say the word faggot anymore because his daughter asked him not to. Yeah. Well, good for him. Coke Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, good for him. <laughs> it's better he learned uh, than not. So good for him. Uh, but yeah, Taken versus Born and Eddie. Two movies that showcase that these actors could be bad asses and, and showcase different types of fighting that you never quite had seen uh, in movies that much before. Uh, it was They each have a particular from- set of skills. Yes, yes, that's true. And it took fighting away from that unrealistic, like, judo chop fighting from the 60s and 70s to, like, the random, like, like, like punchings from the, from the 80s and 90s that was just so unrealistic. And they just brought on, like, actual shit that you might see uh, someone actually being capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, these movies are insane. I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think? I'll let you go first i um i like them both i think that i if if they were to be on tv i would i would prefer to watch taken over born identity just because i think i just think it's more suspenseful in the sense that there's there's greater stakes when there's a hostage situation i think that the, the stakes are greater um born identity um I don't know. This is a tough one. I, uh, fuck. I should really like both these movies. I'm going to go with Taken. Wow. Okay. Um, I have to say, man, this is tough. Because Taken really revolutionized. I mean, it was really so fucking big. But I have to say, when Born Identity came out, that shit was a game changer. Him driving the little Mini Cooper. Uh, the driving scenes were incredible. The fighting scenes were incredible. The, you know, I, f- I feel like Taken was a cooler action film in the sense of like more be boom and and you really the revenge factor really gets you for it. But there's not a lot of build up to it. It's about ten minutes of okay. Liam Neeson has a daughter, doesn't get along with the wife. You set it up real quick, and after that, it's beam, bam, boom. Versus the yeah, story, yeah. But, but in Taken, you also have like, there's like a lot of international like terrorist affairs. There is um like this like like huge um like women trafficking scheme, and then the the protagonist totally. isn't really like built like a typical like protagonist. He's just like like a dad with the dad bod. And so I appreciate that he's such a badass because because Damon uh Matt Damon to me looks like he could beat some ass. He's he's a buff bitch. So I'm like, yeah, I, I expect that. But to see Liam Nielsen Liam Neeson come out. To see swinging, older like, white wow. man in positions of power is just such a rare sight in America that's very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. But here's the thing. Now, that's that's a very interesting point because you have the sex trafficking, which is so true. 
Uh, and in Born Identity, you have government's conspiracies and cover-ups and things like that, which is also very juicy too. and interesting. And it's like, who so, do you trust? That's that's true. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I have to say, and no, we're just judging off of the first movies, but then the story from Born Identity progress into some really amazing sequels because there was like you know and i know these are based on books the taken ones really really kind of like got really wacky after the first one it's not right but jesus sorry <laughs> that was loud <laughs> <laughs> indigestion so, yeah right <laughs> upset stomach diarrhea uh, activia <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go with Born Identity, man. This is tough. So we're gonna have to five our first tiebreaker. And fuck, I don't think Julie's the right person to call for this one. It might be a little early for our friends in California. Uh, it's one p.m. here. Yeah, I think it's like eleven. I think I'll be up. Let's try this. One p.m. here, so it's ten o'clock in L.A. Yeah, he should be up. I think I'll So let's try it. Let's try it. Let's try it. Hello, sir. How's it going? We are here recording the Fratchat Podcast live, and we urgently need your decision-making skills again. Oh, man. I might be thoroughly on the West Coast for this, so let's see what I got. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy this one. We're having a best of 2000s movie tournament uh, edition from the year 2000 to 2010. And right now, we have... The movie Taken with Liam Neeson from 2008 facing off against Matt Damon's Born Identity in 2002. Simo voted for one. I voted for the other. And we are stuck. That is a tough one. Oh, man. I think um, think my dad would be very upset with me if I didn't say porn. (laughs) Now, is that born or porn? Just the first, yeah. This is where it gets tough for me too, but it's just the first. Man, um, I mean, it's like it's almost like I have to like completely wash my mind of the other movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go if it's just the first. I'm competing these two. Let's go taken. Whoa! Well, Simo's very happy with you. I will now take you off my Christmas card list, son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll add you to mine. But just taken, just you know, as a standalone one-off movie, I think that for me, just like edges overborn, just slightly. That's very fair. That's I very love fair. edges. Okay. And edging. Simo says he loves edging, so he is all in for this. <laughs> We support you here in the Franchise Podcast. All right. Thank you, sir. We love you. You're welcome. Take it, moves on. Tell, tell Alexa we said hello. Thanks, dude. All right, buddy. See you. All right. Taken is moving that, on. I, I could feel the panic in his voice. Oh, that was a hard decision. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, 
um, what's her, Meryl Streep in the in the movie Sophie's Choice. That's nothing oh, compared to what Nate just had to pick. Yeah, right. Nothing. Nate's choice. <laughs> All right, so taken. Moving on. Okay, up next we have Tom Cruise's Minority Report in 2002, facing off against V for Vendetta, 2005. This is this is a good one too. I mean, Minority Report has you know lasting power because there's so many um, sequels. Uh, but V for Vendetta to me is was kind of a cultural phenomena, and it, it was uh, cinematically just stunning. It was it was a visually stunning movie to watch. Wait, I have Minority to watch Report it twice. didn't have a sequel. What sequel huh? did it have? Did Minority Report have a sequel? Oh, it had a TV miniseries. I had no idea that that was a thing. Huh. That's weird. But the thing is, Minority Report. It was that whole thing of predicting crime before it before you actually do it you know when you decide to do it it's like yeah. how much how much would you give the government the right to you know do something i wonder if you could uh you could fuck with it you know it's it's very crazy but v for vendetta i have to say i mean both are it's kind of scary to say this but both are a little realistic in terms of where we're headed in life yeah. now uh, but you know, you have that anonymous organization which wears the V for Vendetta mask, and they're, you know, they're they're out there doing the good Lord's work <laughs> from time to time. So, hmm, I don't know. You go first. This is tough. I need to think. I would have to say nothing against Steven Spielberg because I I really love all of his movies, but um, I think that uh. Minority Report is your average action movie. A great action movie, but V for Vendetta to me is a little bit more thought-provoking, um, a little bit more um, of, a, of a, I guess, an intellectual plot. And, uh, Not to Natalie mention Portman. visually stimulating, huh? <coughs> Natalie Portman does such a good job in that too, where you, you know, like she goes from being this like almost like weak little little girl to just this. Bad ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Uh, I think that what you just said made up my mind. I'm gonna go with V for Vendetta. So good. That one did not age me terribly. That was these are kind of tough. <laughs> but this one is gonna be tough because those both of these movies pop me in the feels. We got the year, the 2000 face off of Remember the Titans with Denzel facing off against uh, Requiem. Requiem for a Dream, uh, which all I know is that Marlon Wayans is in it. <laughs> I forget all the castmates in Requiem. <laughs> um, it's got the guy. Um, oh, Jared Leto's in that. Leto, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, they, they both have great cast. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, I know that Requiem's more of a like a thriller, but it just really hits me hits me in the feels uh okay so let's see remember the titans i watched in school and i was like wow what a beautiful story total tearjerker and it's a real story yeah um i so i i think it's beautifully done and to me denzel washington can can do um no wrong you can walk on water yeah, Ryan Gosling. He was great too. 
the wasn't there the 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 big guy from like Boy Meets World? Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and my name is Earl. He's not. He's now skinny. He's jacked these days. He looks great. He is. I want to see a picture. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, no, um, that is Ethan Supley. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Holy shit! He did get jacked. He's like very jacked. He looks great. Good for him. Wow. You know. Good for him. And it's funny, what? it's like he looks great and he's still just as funny, but I sort of I sort of miss the fat him because he was so lovable, but it like you obviously don't want to be that big, so it's great for him. It's just you know, those roles like him as Frankie in Boy Meets World is so funny. Totally. He's just so like he's a badass who cares. <laughs> Loves poetry. Well I I will say that um I think Requiem for a Dream is uh was robbed at um at the oscars i think that i mentioned it the other week but marlon wayans sh- should have gotten an, uh, uh, at least a supporting actor oscar nom because i think that he's super talented and it just went uh unnoticed and the mom in that i think she was nominated but didn't win but that mm-hmm. performance itself um with her have you seen it you've seen the movie right yeah, 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 yeah. With, with her um like hallucinating about these game shows and then ultimately having she had was a pill popper and she had to go to um a, a psych ward and get electric convulsive therapy i've also had electric convulsive therapy and i can tell you it wasn't anything like what i saw in that movie it's it's definitely done in a much more humane way but uh um but man what are these days <laughs> yeah what a creepy movie and then and then the rest of the movie was all about you know drugs and Man, I you know, I have to say that. Um, uh, remember the Titans, beautiful story, but if I'm if I'm gonna pick the movie that I think, um, uh, is better, Requiem for a Dream. I I think that the way that it was filmed, and and I think that the. Oh man, just. The, the scenes with the mom for me are some of my favorite scenes in cinematic history. So, yeah, I'm that, with you. I'm gonna... That takes the cake for me. Fuck, I hate saying that because I really love Remember the Titans. I know, and I feel bad uh, letting it go, but at least you did it first, so I can feel totally better about this decision. I just didn't want to bother Nate again, so I'm just agreeing with you is what I'm going to tell myself when I sleep tonight. But yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, well, I have a feeling that, that Denzel Washington will show up again at some point. Yeah, he is. He is everywhere. Love that guy. So he'll have another, maybe he'll have another chance at that. So now we're going on with uh, this is a totally this is a little bit of a departure, uh, but we're gonna go with the 2000s Castaway Tom Wilson Hanks, Wilson facing off against Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings from 2001. These two got paired up because uh, we don't have too much too many fantasy movies coming out. Okay. And uh, the, you know, it just, just worked out that way. So, yeah, this is a little teaser of things to come when genres face off against each other. But yeah, this is a tough one. Castaway is a great movie. I think it actually won an Oscar. Tom Hanks. Tom uh, Hanks is just an American gem. Yeah, it's hard not to love that man. But uh, fuck, man, this this is the nerd in me. I love Lord of the Rings. I didn't think I would. I remember being in eighth grade and this fucking kid in my class kept talking about it. 
about how he went to see it in theaters like nine times and was like, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> but then it came out on like stars or showtimes or something. And I watched it and I was like, Oh my God, this movie is sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I got to give it to Lord of the Rings, dude. And uh, you know, note that this is tough to judge on just the one because it is, it's a trilogy that goes together to tell the whole story. But when that movie ended, I was so psyched for the second one. And like I said, going into watching this movie, I thought that it was going to be the biggest piece of shit ever. Like I was the only reason I watched it was to make fun of this kid the next day in school and tell him how much of a shitty movie it was and how he should fucking quit life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I watched it to be a dick and, and ended up like being hooked. Um, Castaway is a fantastic movie. Don't get me wrong. One of the scariest things that could happen. Your plane goes down. You're stuck in some fucking island. Oh my god! Do you hear about the guy, the Gold's Gym founder? No. What happened? His, to him? I think he and his family went down the plane, like off the coast of Costa Rica, a little plane, and they all died. Ooh, yeah. Fuck I think. That. I know at least he yeah, did. Yeah. I'm not sure if his family was there too, but I, I mean, I got to look up an article. But I was like, ugh, because I love Gold's Gym. Gold's Gyms are phenomenal yeah, gold gems are the best it's my favorite honestly when i mean i mean i'm sure there's maybe better gems out there but that's my favorite gym oh me you, too you just leave you the fuck alone they're always massive so there's a ton of equipment so even if it's full like you can like do stuff you know and so yeah gold's gem i'm a big big golds guy um, um well this is how i feel about this castaway with tom hanks is one of the best performances of his career I mean, Forrest Gump was my favorite, but this was a phenomenal performance. And I think he lost a lot of weight for it, too. I mean, he really yeah, committed he to... He gained and lost weight. Totally. He was stellar. But I'm just going to list off some of the um, uh, some of the actors in Lord of the Rings. And I think that this really catapulted some of their careers. Some of them already had careers, but like Elijah Wood, fantastic, with his baby blue eyes. I mean, he was so cute. Um, Ian McKellen, fantastic. Who knew that Liv Tyler was such a strong actress? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the guy's name? Vigo? Vigo? Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, he was good. Um, Sean Astin, you know, started on the scene was in like, what, Goonies? He's been yeah, in like, yeah, that was That was a comeback things. for him. But man, this was a great. Kate Blanchett had that one scene where she like went psycho. And oh, yeah. It was amazing. That's, it's scary, um, dude. Yeah, that got me. Christopher Lee who I'm named after is, uh, <laughs> is, is amazing. Um, oh, and you can't forget Orlando Bloom wouldn't have had a career if it wasn't for this. I mean, like, yes, Tom Hanks had a great performance, but so do all these other guys, a whole, like a dozen other guys. So yeah, I had to go with Lord of the Rings. I feel like a nerd Woo! saying that, but it is fantastic. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, some movie critic out there is probably scoffing at us, but fuck you guys. This is our goddamn bracket. I know. <laughs> So moving Have on. Your, take, start your own podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now we have uh, another little bit of a clash there. Uh, we have Avatars 2009 versus 2006's The Departed with Leo. Oof. And both of these movies, I believe, won Oscars as well. Yeah. Uh, and this was, was it James Cameron who did Avatar or Steven Spielberg? I can't remember. Um, let me see. Avatar is James Cameron. Yes, 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 yes. So great director facing off against uh, good director and stacked cast. 
I'm pretty sure. I forget that Sigourney Weaver is in that, but Zoe, what's her last name with the Z? Zoe Zal. Um, Zaldana. Man, what Zoe a Zaldana. beautiful lady. Super talented. Yeah. She's actually one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood, I think. Yeah, and she's amazing. And uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. uh, movies as well. Um, so, honestly, I feel like this one is an easy one for me. Because it's tough to beat a Martin Scorsese movie, in my opinion. And uh, I know Avatar was huge and it did a lot for people. And, and it was cool seeing the, you know, the virtual aspect of it. But fuck, The Departed is such a goddamn good movie. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Alec Baldwin uh, have great roles in it. Obviously, the main cast, you got Matt Damon, Leo, Jack Nicholson, uh, Vera Farmiga as the as the uh, psychiatrist. That story is so goddamn good. There's so many twists and turns. You, the ending will leave you like, what? Oh, I uh, know. Can't, I can't. Like I can't the last, the last 20 the minutes, you cannot get up or look away. Yeah. yeah You're going to miss so much in the blink of an uh, eye. Yeah. Meanwhile, Avatar felt like it was your typical, like, you know, action adventure type film at the end of the day that was very visually impressive and getting wrong but oh yeah the visual effects were like super innovative and, and amazing but i i'd agree with you like like so, like i feel like the part it had some of my most favorite actors so it was kind of like mm-hmm. a wet dream come to life you know yeah it was uh yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean I'm I'm stuck to my shorts right now. I'm no I know what you're putting out there. <laughs> I ruined a pair of pants watching that. Uh, Man, so, Manscaped, send us more boxers, please. Yeah. Uh, so I have to go with the Departed, and Martin Scorsese nice. is a a god on earth. Okay. Yeah, he really is. Okay, now moving on. Uh, this is another fun one. Uh, we have 2001's Training Day. Denzel's back, baby. Facing off. Against 2003 monster with Charlize Theron, who ended up winning an Oscar for this role, and I believe Training Day also uh, either get an Oscar nomination or a Denzel win. Washington won an Oscar for this. Yes, yes. So two Oscar winners facing off, and this is tough uh, because I will say I think Charlize Theron's transformation in monster is more impressive than denzel's i feel like denzel was very denzel and training day but the story in training day is so goddamn good and even though the aline warho story borno story is a real life story this happened which is nuts uh training day is so goddamn good dude ethan hawk and it you know the he was nominated for best supporting actor he didn't win but he he was i gotta gotta go training day dude that movie to this day it just you know you almost root for the bad guy but he's such a piece of shit and and he's cool until he's not type thing and you just see just how dirty uh police thing can be because you know you think this stuff doesn't happen check out the stories about you know some of the cops in baltimore some of the fucked up things they do yeah you know i I gotta be honest, I've never seen Monster. I'm not really that oh, yeah. interested in seeing it. You know, it's except, a great I, movie. I have to say, Christina Ricci's in it as well. She's yeah. fantastic as uh, Eileen Warnes' uh, uh, girlfriend, lady in her life. But I have to say, it's like it's just it's about you know, a serial killer, day. right? 
Yes. Yeah. The first American woman seer killer. And she was the first one to be put to death too. First woman ever. So wasn't she going to like truck stops and like picking up dudes and then like slashing them or something? Yeah, essentially she would be a prostitute and uh, she would kill people. And then she would say that they attacked her and stuff. But she, Whoa, I mean, that she, fugly she, bitch she, she was a, a prostitute. Dude. People pay money for blowjobs. Oh you can't see the God. you can't just see the top of the head, right? <laughs> you see Yikes. some of these truck drivers too. <laughs> All right, Baba, you wanna suck on my wiener? It curves slightly to the left and it looks like that. <laughs> well, if she can make money prostituting, then it looks pretty good for you, Marjorie Taylor Green. If you're listening, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Holy shit, she does kind of look like Eileen Bornos, anyways. But right, I gotta go to training day, just because I I just that's one of my favorite performances of um of uh, Denzel Washington. He always plays such a good guy. Typically, like you know, sometimes troubled, but always like a protagonist at the end. But man, this guy, whoo, what a he's dirty. He was what an amazing role of his. Yep, training day for me. Cool. All right. Eat the hog was great too. Uh, Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Very likable. He's he's the he's a good baby face, as they would say in pro wrestling, which is the good guy. But you really feel it, the term with him. He just looks like such a bright-eyed young cop who just wants to do good, and then all of a sudden he's exposed into this world that he's just way over his head. So, yes, yeah. training day. Moving on. Now we have this is a good this this is a good battle. We have uh, the battle of historical twists. You have Apocalypto, two thousand six, directed by Mel Gibson. Against Inglorious Bastards, which is a twist on history, a kind of a what if, if you will, with Brad Pitt, uh, directed by uh, what's his face that also did Kill Bill. Uh, fuck, why am I blanking? What is that guy's name? He was married to Uma Thurman. Uh, fuck, you talk about um, Tarantino, yes, Quentin Tarantino. God damn it, my brain is not. <laughs> happens when i do this without drinking my coffee uh yes apocalypto versus the glorious bastards this is a I, this is a tough i actually think apocalypse is one of the most gruesome movies you can ever watch it's oh, one yeah. of the most like intense movies and there's a reason why it was nominated for so much like uh like it got nominated for like best makeup i think sound editing and like sound mixing like it was it was a pretty cool movie but none of the actors necessarily stand out to me yeah, because but, there's there's very little dialogue and then you know it's all it's just done in the the native speak i guess so you don't really and i don't yeah, want to say anything that's gonna that's gonna um get us canceled. make mel gibson's head any bigger <laughs> but yeah it's a great movie uh I, i'm with you it's a contrast to movies because apocalypto is more about you know it's not necessarily the dialogue that gets you it's everything that's going on but and Glorious Bastards, it's all about those monologues, baby, and all these actors showcasing these character acting chops of a fucking lifetime, dude. Uh, yeah. Brad Pitt is absolutely incredible in it. Uh, BJ Novak does a really good job in it as well. Uh, uh, what Christoph Waltz is fucking amazing as Hans Landa. Dude, it, the whole movie, the whole cast is amazing. Eli Roth is the bear Jew. You know what I mean? Mike Myers' uh, cameo in it is amazing. Uh, Michael Fassbender. I, I got to say, Inglorious Bastards is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's going to be tough for others to beat it. Plus, I just love seeing Hitler get shot up in the face after they... <laughs> it, <laughs> so this it movie's got, scary. Um, it's, 
It got eight Heads. nominations at the Academy Awards. It won Best wow. Supporting Actor with Christopher uh, with Christoph Waltz, uh, wow. but there was eight nominations. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's impressive as shit. And, and I mean, that opening scene of him uh, with the milk farmer who has the uh-huh. Jewish family oh, yeah. under his house, and he just and he knows that they're under there, and it's fuck, man. That that opens the movie, and it was one of those movies where I just never wanted it to end. I was watching it in theaters. So I got to go and Glorious Bastards. Fair. Agreed. Yo estoy de acuerdo. Cool. Um, this next one, now we're getting into uh, a battle of comic, or not comic books, but, you know, like the virtual animated movies. You have 2010's Despicable Me facing off against 2003's Finding Nemo. Okay, this is a tough one. Now, I I think that Finding Nemo is a beautiful story. I think it, I think that Ellen did a great job as Dory. I think that it was it was nice that we finally had a lead protagonist with a disability. A lead goldfish protagonist. Yes, yes. It's about time. So I think it's nice. Um, but I I will say that Despicable Me. Whether or not you've seen the movie, you know what minions are. And I think that, right? Isn't that the movie with minions? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a movie. I mean, minions. how adorable are they? I think minions <laughs> is such a cultural phenomenon. I have to go with Despicable Me purely because of the minions and the memes. Ooh. Dropping mics. I mean, like, they're adorable. See, I agree that the minions have become a cultural phenomenon. And no, Steve Carell is my, is my guy. I fucking love that guy. But I feel like if you put Despicable Me versus Finding Nemo against each other as movies, and you just watch both of them right now, Finding Nemo holds up better, in my opinion. It's uh, Despicable, Me, Despicable Me is really cute but, and funny, but Finding Nemo like really pulls at those heartstrings. Uh, it's sad when you watch Nemo's mom die at the beginning. Uh, it's very I mean, funny. We, we, didn't, we didn't get enough from Bambi. My God. Yeah, right? Exactly. I think that Finding Nemo really pulls at the heartstrings more, so I'm going to have to go with Finding Nemo, which means it's time for another lifeline. And for this one, I feel like Julie's nerdy enough to be useful. Let's see if she's here. Is she there? I think so. Julie! She might be on a run, but I will call her. Julie. She was like, ignore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the fuck, ball, Julie? ball and chain calling me. I'm trying to kick it with my homies. Hello, Julie. Yeah, this is your supposed boyfriend here recording the Frat Chat podcast. Just want to let you know you've ruined this episode now. And Simo's crying now. It's over there. It's still ruined. His life is ruined. Our life is ruined. So we're over. I'm keeping Stella. Goodbye. So I guess I'm single, you guys. Well. <laughs> Wait. 
Julie's calling. Well, you are needed for the Frat Chat Podcast, Julie. So uh, shake it off, shake it off, because we're having a tournament for the best movies in the 2000s, and we're at a split decision, so you're the tiebreaker. We have 2010's Despicable Me facing off against 2003's Finding Nemo. Oh, so, uh, easy. Go on. Drum roll, please. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Finding Nemo, duh. Hey! There we go. Uh, now I officially win this one, so Sima can suck it. Thanks, Julie. All right. So now you Remind to me to me. throw a turd in her face next time I see her. <laughs> Motherfucker. I do love you, Julie, you if you're listening, but that was the wrong answer. <laughs> she was like you bitch <laughs> so finding Nemo, and if you guys ever get married and if i have the the privilege of making a speech at a wedding i'm gonna bring up this moment <laughs> and then i'm gonna that's piss when... <laughs> all over your centerpiece <laughs> Seema decided to cancel the wedding okay so finding nemo it is okay now we have this is a contrast again uh we have 2009's up also an animated film Facing off against 2003's Old School. And this is a big, big contrast. Uh, fuck. I don't know. That that up scene in the beginning, I just, I can't, I can't watch it without breaking down and crying yeah. <laughs> like a little girl. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie, um, but I remember really? us talking about it. Yeah, I, I remember us talking about it a while back, and I don't think I can watch it because I just, I just, I just can't do it. Emotional movies. It's just, it's just too much for me. Oh, it's um, very emotional. It's very funny too. And cute. And, and there's a lot in it. You know what I mean? But it is certainly very emotional. And for me, it pulls at my heartstrings too, because the, they want to go to Venezuela is where they're taking the balloon house actually. So for, it's a shout out to my people. You know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> uh, but fuck old school. I mean, that's, that's like, we are our, our podcast our humor is kind of the definition of a movie like old school you know what i mean so this is tough i um, love old school like, i love will yeah. ferrell in it i love was it owen wilson uh yes owen wilson no it was luke wilson. Luke wilson. Owen, it was luke, luke wilson wilson's great in it i i love uh the cameo from um stifler isn't it, uh, Stifler's in it but was, who's the gay guy any dick. Oh Andy yes, dick. yes, the blowjob. Oh, he's class. bisexual. By now, gay yeah. later. We all know. So, yeah. um, uh, Andy Dick was really funny in that. Um, yeah, Stifler was fan. Uh, Sean William Scott. It's everything to me. Uh, so I, I do love that movie, but I have to say that um, from like a respectable, like film perspective, Up, it's like multi award winning, like brilliant film. I think yeah. it's I think it's good for both. I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, it sounds like it's a great movie for both a younger generation and an older generation. I don't want oh, any yeah. kids watching old school, uh, especially <laughs> when that when that kid gets pulled down the sewer by his dick and a rope. I mean, ooh. Oh. Uh, but there are some brilliant <laughs> yeah. scenes. I love the movie. I love old school, but up I think is probably more impactful. Yeah, up yeah, also sure. one. Uh, best animated feature and I think best original score from the Academy Awards. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, it's definitely a better movie. Uh, old school is just, it's hard for me to say no to old school because, again, it's literally what we do here in the Frat Chat Podcast. That is our humor. Uh, dude getting pulled uh, into a sewer by his dick. That is like, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's us in a nutshell, if you will. Well, <laughs> we, we even had a fraternity brother we called Blue because he was old. Yeah, yeah. At the really time, old. he was 30, and we were like, oh my God, that's so old. <laughs> ah! I'm, 37, like, I'm Blue now. <laughs> all right so now we have a battle of really good comedies we have four more you guys uh we have the 40 year old virgin 2005 facing off against 2008 pineapple express so this is a big sophie's choice for me i have to say uh the 40 year old virgin dude steve carell and, and that's a movie that made him a star in my opinion um but it's so relatable. Like we all know a guy who like lies about hooking up with girls and says the bullshit that he would say like, Oh yeah. Best breasts feel like big bags of sand. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Clarkson. Yes. That's whole scene. And it's crazy because that whole scene was improvised. They were just like really ripping fucking pieces of hair off of him. And he's screaming for his life. Uh, So that's all off the cuff, real life reactions. Uh, and Pineapple Express, man, this was before James Franco's fall from grace. But him and Seth Rogen, their bromanship in that movie. I mean, it really is beautiful funny. to watch. Yes, it's great. Uh, I mean, I'm a weed smoker myself, so I've smoked many a joint and many a joints and blunts in a fake circle while watching that movie with them. It makes you feel like you're with them. So this is a tough. This is a tough. I think I'll defer to you to start this one off with. Ooh. This is a hard one. I, um, <laughs> I I do love Steve Carell for sure. And oh, this is tough. I think that I I really like oh what's his name? I think his name's who the guy from Office Space, Gary Cole. Yes, yes, yes. I love him as a villain. Um I also love Rosie Perez. Um, my favorite character in the whole movie is the guy that's that goes by the name Red. <laughs> yeah, Danny uh, McBride. Danny McBride. He got shot and like survived. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he went to the diner. He got demolished. Yeah. He's really funny in that. <laughs> I I have to go with Pineapple Express. Yeah, I think I think that's fair, and that's a movie. And I have a reason that... for this, but I want to wait until we get a little further down the list because there's there's a reason. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and, and I mean, Pineapple Express is just an example of a movie that gets so ridiculous, and like the action gets so outlandish, but it's just perfectly done where it works. I love uh, watching it high. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You're meant to watch it high. Uh, Bill Hader's cameo in the beginning, where he tries weed for the first time, and he's describing it in like that Area 51 bunker. Mm-hmm. It's goddamn legendary. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Pineapple Express, definitely. Uh, I think Amber Heard was in it. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, Amber she was. Heard. If you are listening, and I'm sure you are. I just want to apologize for taking a big live turd on Giant Depp's bed and blame it on you. I didn't know it would be that big of a <laughs> of a um, issue, especially in court. And I own it. I'm sorry. Wow. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Girl, yeah, she was the high school girl that Seth Rogen was dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
she sure was hot. And then Simo ruined her life by pooping in Johnny Depp's bed. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Pineapple Express moving on down to the last three. We have 2007 Super Bad versus 2009's The Hangover. Both movies uh, that really activated partying for different types of kids, I will say. The, the nerdier for the super bad and the, the broies for the hangover who thought they were so cool. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard Not at the Table, Carlos, after that goddamn movie came out, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> um, I think um, Seth Broken helped write super bad. Yeah, he did. It's actually based on his life. Uh, it was it's, he like wrote most of it, and he originally uh, this is a thing that he wrote it thinking you know the Jonah Hill character was for him, but by the time he was actually able to produce it, he was too old to play the Jonah Hill role, so he became a cop in it instead. But you know it's one of those things where that was like his baby for the longest time. It's like us and roomies, you know what I mean? Like if we got yeah. to produce it in twenty years, uh, we obviously too old to play the guys, so. Uh, studios give us money now i want to be yeah in it. <laughs> i'm ready i have i have so many i have so many episodes i've got two seasons outlined come on now um yeah. okay so i forget that emma stone is in this movie i think she did a beautiful job too uh so i think this kind of helped catapult her career i think that jonah hill was brilliant in this movie i just i think super bad is was it was it called something mclovin McLovin, yeah, the guy's that was his fake name from his ID. <laughs> Your name I is mean. McLovin, <laughs> it's so relatable, dude. And we know, like, I mean, like, because my thing was, I was I was a social butterfly in high school, but I wasn't like number one coolness with the jocks. I was friends with nerdy kids, I was friends with cool kids, I was friends with everybody. So I had the friends who were nerdy and we would stay in on Fridays and, you know, fucking do nothing like that and would drink in, in our mom's basements with each other. Like, I literally Talks. relate to that movie so much. Or when you have crushes in high school, you don't know how to talk to girls. And you do all these fucking things just to look cool. It's so relatable versus The Hangover is like a typical, it's more like a bro movie of what can happen, will happen type thing, but super bad. Fuck it. I think Superbad is just one of the greatest comedies of all time. I, I got to go with Superbad. Agreed. All right. So next up, we've got two more. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, buddy. The 2004. First one. That's right. Uh, facing off against Hello. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, Anchorman's 2004. Uh, this is tough. This okay, so I, I want to start with this one because I didn't want to finish my statement regarding uh, the 40-year-old virgin. But to me, Anchorman, just a couple years prior, I think catapulted all their, not necessarily their careers, but I, I think that um, this like group of actors um, just have so much chemistry together. So Steve Carell and Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. And so I think that um, uh, moving forward, in future films, uh, it was kind of like a guaranteed success because of the success from Anchorman. Brick, did you stab someone with a trident? <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that. I think you should lay low for a while. You know, find a place to hide. It's so good, dude. Uh, I'm with you. This this was an ensemble cast. Oh, Christina uh, Applegate. That, oh, so yes, good. Yes, yes. Uh, Loud noises. Uh, <laughs> and thoughts to Christina Applegate. Actually, she really she has multiple sclerosis. Uh, she does. So, yep, yep. She, she put out her 
a picture of her walking canes, you know, because it's a debilitating disease that makes you lose function and stuff. So, uh, you know, shout outs to her. She's a badass. She's awesome. Love you since you were Kelly Bundy, girl. Love you. Uh, but yes. I have no uh, idea. And Helen Kumar Note was a fantastic movie. It revitalized Neil Patrick Harris's career. Yeah, I did. An insane version of himself. Uh, it's something that it's another one of those that I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was going into it. But Anchorman is one of the most quotable movies of all time to this day. People quote Anchorman, and it's been what like fucking eighteen years since it came out. Um, I got to go with Anchorman. They both came out the same year. I think Anchorman is like one of the funniest movies I have ever seen in my life, uh, and I don't throw that out there lightly, but. It's there's so many funny quotable moments in there. You know, it's, Mr. Burgundy, you have a massive erection right now. Oh, oh no, it, it's the pleating of the pants. <laughs> I got to return these to the pants store. <laughs> uh, uh, my sister and her husband, around. Sunshine, we're we're both in. We're both uh, dressed up like this for Halloween one year. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, Anchorman. It's so funny. I gotta go with that. All right, Anchorman wins, and now we're on our last bracket. Oh yeah, that's why the ambulance is coming because things will get. I mean, there's so many noises today. (laughs) I know. What is happening? Stop dying, New Yorkers! (laughs) Is there another fire? Good lord! Maybe. Uh, Okay, this last one I think will be actually a very tough one for both of us, but particularly Mm -hmm. you because I know you love both of these movies. Um, Yes, we have 2004's Mean Girls facing off against a movie that's just very nice 2006's borat which is just the greatest funny (sighs) borat man the borat movie to me is like my kind of humor it is (laughs) and the fact that the fact that he was in character and a lot of people in the film were not so that's just a concept to me is brilliant and uh like Man, poor for Pam us as comedians, like like we get it. Oh yeah, Pam Anderson, that whole thing is absurd. But it's like, yeah, like we get, you know, like it's. I can't imagine uh, having the skill set that it took for him to just not crack up laughing while doing this. Yeah, because you get one take with this with this shit. If you crack up, of you course. lose them, and that's the end of that. You know, he's doing. Uh, like the national anthem and stuff <laughs> at, at this retneck rally. He literally put himself at risk. Yes. Doing some of these the stakes things. were high. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, mean girls is Brilliant. a fantastic movie. Don't get me wrong. I love it to death. Uh, every year people quote the it's October 3rd or whatever from it. Uh, you can't sit with us, whatever. Great cast. Uh, we've talked about it very recently, actually as being one of the, uh, our favorite movies, but Borat, I just think it's it's so up our alley and sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a funny fucking movie. I gotta go with Borat. You know, you know Mean movie. Girls will always be a classic movie, and there's, I mean, it's it's filled with celebrities. I think that Tina Fey's, um, did she write the movie? Tina Fey, she she helped write it for sure. Well, I think that that helped to launch her career as like a huge comedic like force. I I think though Borat, I think that what's his name Sasha Cohen something Sasha Baron Cohen Sasha Baron Cohen should have been nominated for an Academy Award for this performance. I I really got it for the second one. 
Well, he did get uh, a Golden Globe Best Actor in like a comedic something or whatever. So he, he I mean, he, he he did get some credit, but I really think that just the concept and the commitment from him is what really made this movie. Uh, so yeah, I go with Borat, hands down. Borat, I love yeah. you, Mean Girls, but not as much as Borat. Not today. And I gotta say. You know, movies like Borat totally helped change the Academy into accepting movies like Borat 2 in the future. You know what I mean? Because they like really show that there's more out there than just like these weird movies that critics love. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? Man. If Mean Girls starred anyone else that wasn't a ginger, maybe I would choose Mean Girls. But, you know, you live and you learn. <laughs> Your vagine looks like sleeve a wizard. <laughs> you will never get this you will never get this until he break out the cage and he get this <laughs> oh my god it's such it's a so good funny. goddamn movie so borat it is okay so that means we're gonna wrap it up here you guys but for the next edition of the show we have a very uh interesting next rounds we have x-men facing off against the dark knight we have 300 facing off against Taken. We have V for Vendetta facing off against Requiem for Dream. We have Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings facing off against The Departed. We have Training Day versus Inglorious Bastards. We have Finding Nemo versus Up. We have Pineapple Express versus Superbad. We have Anchorman versus Borat. My God, this All is going to be very tough. difficult to go into next week. So make sure you tune in next week to find out who will be the greatest goddamn movie of the years 2000s right here at the frat chat podcast and in the meantime let us know what you're feeling about our list about our tournaments so far following us on all social channels at frat chat podcast that's on instagram that's on facebook that is on twitter make sure you follow our youtube page at tiny.cc slash frat chat podcast and make sure you give me a follow as well at carlos does the world on facebook on tiktok on instagram make sure you follow me at carlos does world on the twitter machine follow my youtube page at tiny.cc slash carlos does the world and make sure you follow my good buddy simo over there at chris.more.comedy on instagram on tiktok and at c more comedy on the twitter machine oh yes, yeah and nate gonzalez be on standby next week we might need you again yeah wake up we're gonna call you at 4 a.m so you better be ready yeah. motherfucker <laughs> and get yourself some true classic i know i look good in my shirt save 25 percent off and get free shipping on orders of 100 bucks and more at trueclassic.com or trueclassictees.com. They both get you that. Do it, do it. So, Mr. Yes. Mo, get us out of here. I motion to adjourn this meeting. And I second. Peace. All right, you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. See you. <laughs>